The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, November 22nd, 2021. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and my co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. What a beautiful, beautiful weekend it's been, and what a beautiful day it is here in Sonoma County. Well, I have two special guests with me this morning. Joining me in the studio, I am so excited I get to look at another human being, is Jackie Elrod, the Vice Mayor of the City of Roner Park in California. We'll be talking about her position as Vice Mayor and some of the challenges she is facing with some of her goals. And then for the second segment of the show, I'm really excited to have a real good friend of mine on the phone, Nancy Rogers, who's the Chair of the of the Northern California Black Chamber of Commerce. We'll be talking Talking about the chamber, along with a special Black Business Showcase, they are presenting via Zoom on on uh, Sunday, December fifth. Hard to believe December fifth is right around the corner, starting at two thirty p.m. I'm looking forward to hearing about this event, and in my mind, this event is a way we can both meet and support our African American business owners and community organizations. You know, people complain, "Well, how do I get to know people?" Well, this is a perfect, perfect time to do. This And one of the things that Nancy told me is that this year it's going to be actually a black business forum. So this way you can come and meet some of the wonderful black business owners here that are operating in Sonoma County. Well, I have a few announcements to make, and I'll tell you something. Being a host on the radio is a scream for me. You know, I'm always looking for the odd, the different, and all that. And one of my favorite programs is The View. And it was just amazing when all of a sudden they start talking about this, that November 7th to the 20th, listen to this, ladies, is World Vestectomy Day Celebration. And it was a, it's an annual uh, but they call it WVD Provider Summit. The summit is designed to provide information to vastectomy providers on timely and interesting issues. This year, again, as a virtual event via Zoom, they provided an update from experts on the latest studies on vastectomy and prostate cancer. You know, we have come a long way if we're starting to look at alternative ways where men can it can also work with birth control. You know, they're going to take away our choice, but they can't take away our intelligence and they can't take away ways that we can get around it and work differently. And this was very inspiring to me. So a shout out. And, you know, every, every, every once in a while, when I saw this, I went, whoa. And by the way, you know, I have actually have friends, male friends who have had vasectomies before they decided they wanted to have children, and then it can be reversed. So it's, it's a very, very interesting idea. So congratulations to the organizers of that. And also that men are standing up and saying, hey, maybe we 
should be a little bit more responsible. Well, again, I want to let you know about the Black Business so- uh, Showcase, and that's going to be happening December 5th at 2.30. And all the information on that will be on www.womenspaces.com. And it'll be listed. And, you know, anything that we talk about on the show is always listed on our website. And I really appreciate it. And I also appreciate, you know, I did a call out because I had like 475 uh, fans uh, on uh, Facebook. And I said, oh, I want to have 500. Well, now I have 515. So now I'm pushing for 600. So all you folks out there that if you're not a, a fan of Facebook, please, please hit like or become a fan. It's very important. You know, it gives me a little little bit more uh, credibility and also it's an opportunity for you to find out who's on the show and different things and please visit our website www.womenspaces.com a lot of interesting information well my last announcement is I got from a woman by the name of Carol Singer who is part of the National Organization for Women the Sonoma County chapter and I'm going to read this read it Word for word, on Wednesday, December 1st, hundreds of activists will encircle the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. to support abortion justice organized by the Women's March. That day, the court will begin hearing arguments for Dobb versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization. Their decision will set a critical precedent for the future of abortion on access throughout the country. Amazing. In support of choice, Sonoma County now encourages you to stand outside with a sound, a sign saying, protect abortion access, protect Roe versus Wade. Other wording, or other wording of your choice. And some of us, and so, especially the now group, the Sonoma County chapter, will be standing in Sebastopol, uh, from 12 to, uh, 1 p.m. December 1st, holding signs in a peaceful village, a vid, uh, Peaceful Vigil, excuse me. Oh, my God. I'm having a hard time reading this for some reason. So it's going to be on uh, Sebastopol in Sebastopol, California, on Main Street on the corner. And that's going to be from 12 noon to 1 p.m. And, again, this will be on our website, www.womenspaces. People are on the move. I mean, I couldn't believe that I was listening this morning to uh, Amy Goodman and the whole Rittenhouse uh, verdict. You know, I really want to recommend to my uh, listeners, there's a man by the name of Glenn Kushner, K-U-S-H-N-E-R, I believe that's how he spell it, Glenn Kushner, and he does a show called Justice Matters. And he gave a great analysis of what happened with the Rittenhouse, uh, with the Rittenhouse trial and why it came out the way it did and also gave a kind of an overview on what, you know, protecting yourself, you know, what, what the laws are entailed. And it, it gave me a sense of peace understanding that there are certain things in our laws that sometimes have to be changed that somehow work against us. And that's exactly what happened here. So I really recommend get yourself some information. Start looking at some of the an- the analysis of what happened at that trial. And there's also lots of different suits going on. I mean, it's not just going to go away. You know, it's not going to, they're just not because, hey, he's not guilty, goodbye. You know, there's a lot, of, there's a lot circling, surrounding this trial. Get yourself educated, and let's not go off the deep end. You know, let's not get excited. You know, we are a community of people, and if we stand together and we let our voices be heard 
and we adopt what Martin Luther King said was an act of nonviolence, but stand in our truth, we can move, we can move forward. And to me, the whole decision was so confusing. But instead of getting upset, I started to do the research. And when I listened to Glenn, he really reassured me that, hey, it's not the last word. It's not the end. There's a lot of work that has to be done. So please, let's pay attention to that. And, you know, every month, excuse me, every Monday we do uh, that segment as our history is our strength segment. I love this segment. Why do I do it? We have to understand, number one, whose shoulders we are standing on. And number two, we have to recognize that we have gained these rights Women have worked hard. Before 1970, we hardly had any rights at all. You know, it's very interesting. I'm watching, a, we're watching a, a, a series called Marco Polo. And even the most powerful women, the queen herself, is a second-class citizen. You know, but we have come a long way, ladies, and we need to hold on to that. So it's very important that we understand our history. And that's why I decided for the month of November, I was going to talk about some of the things that we have gained since 1970. So we can be aware of how important it is that we pay attention. And, you know, they keep focusing on abortion, 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 abortion. I say it over and over. I am not for abortion. I am not against abortion. I am for choice. And the choice that a woman makes is none of my business. It's between her, her doctor, her boyfriend, her husband, her whatever, and God. Not my business. I don't need a government making laws to tell me what I'm going to do with my body or what, whether I'm going to have a child or not. I mean, I just became a great-grandmother for the second time. I'm not against children. I mean, but what I did was that my grandson and his wife, we sat down and we talked about choice. And we talked about what it really takes to raise a child. And also the family recognized that we all have to be involved. So there's a lot to think about in this area. So let's go, let's just look at this. Let's see. This is basic rights women did not have until 1970. And I'm always, I'm always fascinated by it. One of the things was divorce became easier. And when I read this, I started thinking about it. How women had to go in front of a judge and say they were beaten or whatever. They had to have some really strong, they couldn't just say this marriage is not working like today. That's why there's so many divorces now. Because people can just say, hey, this is not working. We want out and this is the agreement. But before 1970, this did not happen. And I all of a sudden had a flashback when I divorced my daughter's father. I, he never laid a hand on me. And I had to go in front of the judge and say, yes, he beat me. One time he hit me accidentally, and there's a little scar on my face. And that I, can't, I, can't, I couldn't even remember where, how I got it. And I remember telling the judge, yeah, look, and this is what happened. And then they, they granted me the divorce. But up until the 70s, after the 70s, this was not that simple. You know, somebody could say, well, you know, maybe that's not a good idea. Well, you know, again, it's choice. It's you, choice. If you're not mis if you're not happy, you should have a choice to be able to get out of that unhappiness. Here's another one. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm going to take a drink of water. 
We all love Judge Judy, right? Excuse me. We think she's the cat's meow, Judge Judy. I got to tell you something, listeners. Women could not be judges until after the 1970s. I'm going to read this. While some states had selected female judges before the 1970s, women weren't typically able to sit at a regular rate in the United States until the 1970s. Then most states allowed judges, women to be judges. So that's another thing that we gained. Not only that, women could not get into law school until the 1970s. In fact, it's really interesting when I, uh, I, I interviewed Gloria Allred, when she talked about she was only one of two women in her law degree class. So we have come a long way. Look how many, look how many lawyers we have. Look how many women announcers we have. Today we're going to interview a woman who's vice mayor on the city council of Broner Park, the first African American woman elected to the city council itself, but yet is now the vice mayor. That could not have happened without some of the changes that happened in, in the 1970s. No way. You know, I mean, even though, you know, it's, it's really interesting when you read about the Iroquois Nation, uh, they are, were a, a, a Native American, uh, I think it was five tribes, wasn't it, Ken? Was it five tribes? There were five tribes, five Native American tribes that got together and they, they formed this Iroquois Nation. And Benjamin Franklin, one of our founders, was very, very impressed with the way they ran their, their government and their, their tribes. And so he sat in and he learned a lot about them. And then he invited them to one of the Continental Congress uh, meetings. And the first thing the chief said, the first question he asked was, where were the women? Because in the Iroquois Nation, the women sat in the grandmother's council and they made many, many decisions. In fact, myself as a great-grandmother, I would have been chosen to be on that. Uh, maybe, I guess if I had a good spirit, I would have been chosen as a great-grandmother to sit on the council. Well, another thing, women could not be admitted into Ivy League universities until after the 1970s when they had to they had to the law was with affirmative action that they had to let women into ivy league universities and you see what's happened i mean women have blossomed i mean women have phds today all kinds of things it's just amazing well that's a little piece of history for everybody and i hope you enjoy it but we really need to look they know there's that old saying you have come a long way baby well we have come a long way and there are some powers that are in place that don't like how far we've come so we really have to be careful and make sure that we don't lose all these rights. Well, we're going to take a musical break. And the song I will be playing, it's a single that I found. It's called Black Women in History. And it's sung by, um, it's sung by a group of young, uh, young performers. The names are so interesting to me. It's Fayuk, Reese Palmer, and Snooknook. Don't ask me where they come up with these names, but you know something, that youth, you know, I, I remember we had, when I was young, you know, we had all kinds of things. The first, the first thing I was saying, I remember, was cool. And I would hear, oh, that's cool. And my mother would say, what kind of language is that? I say, well, it's cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, young people are amazing. The reason I chose this song is because I am actually interviewing a woman who has actually made history. 
And it's very important, you know, as women, I had a debate, I had a debate, I went to a dinner and I had a really strong debate with a dear friend of mine, very outspoken woman. And she said, what are you talking about, Elaine, all this women stuff, you know, you're saying, you know, we're the birthers and all that. She says, I can't even have children. I says, you know, let me just reframe my belief system. As women, whether we have children or don't have children, that's our choice. No matter what our circumstances, if you want a child, if you don't want a child, that's your choice. Okay, you get that point, you have that choice. Look at it this way. Another woman says, no, I don't want children. But she still has the capacity because the creator put in our bodies the secret to life. We bring forward life. That's why I say women, I am women, I am all women. Since the beginning of time, I have given birth to the future. It doesn't mean we all have to have children. It's a reality. This is in our body. We as women hold the secret of life in our DNA, in our body. And to understand that, it doesn't mean we're better. It just means we have that information and there's a responsibility that goes with that. If we're gonna, if we're responsible for life, then we have to stand up for it and make sure all life is taken care of. So I just want to make that very clear. And if you, you know, if you have another opinion or you want to come on the show and talk about it a little more in depth, please email me at elaine at womenspaces.com. And let's talk about it because it's very, very important. Women need to know who they are and they need to stand up against war. They need to stand up against what's happening with our children and their future. Okay, that's the end of my rant. (laughs) You know, every once in a while I just get into this rant. I can't help myself. So let's go ahead and let's listen to uh, Black Women in History. And when we return, we'll be talking with Vice Mayor of Roner Park, California, Jack Elrod. Go ahead, Ken. Let's play that. about to take a trip and travel through time and learn about some ladies that changed all of our lives yeah Black women in history, 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 black women in history
was so many women who did the same thing. Like Claudette Colvin, she was only 15. Arrested because she demanded respect and refused to be told her life was worth less. Ida B. Wells had a similar tale. Many years before Rosa Parks went to jail. One of the founders of NAACP. Born a slave, she was freed in 1863. One year later, Rebecca Crumpler, first black woman with a medical degree. Jane Hinton and Alfreda Webb, first women African-American veterinarians. Fast forward 2020, Dr. Kinsey helps to create COVID-19 vaccine. Black women memory that song is and you know i'll tell you one of my heroes is ida b wells and whenever i get depressed or i feel i can't do this or i can't speak up i always read a little bit about what ida did how she went into the south how she reported on people being lynched how her life was threatened and yet she kept going on and on and guess what lived to a ripe old age so she is a great great inspiration well for you just joining in i want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station the board of directors members and women's spaces well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And with the fir- with, oh, without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me in the studio this morning is Jackie Elred, Vice Mayor of the Roner Park City Council. Welcome, Jackie. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Thank you for having me here. I am so humble. That song almost made me cry. Well, it, you know, you're making history. <laughs> You know, you're a woman who is making history in our county. Well, before we begin, Jackie, is it okay if I tell folks a little bit about you? And I want you to know that I had to scale your resume down. I mean, I was it, there was a piece on your um, when you were running for election that is so beautiful that you write about yourself that I really encourage people to listen to. But let's to look at. But let me just tell them a little. Is that okay with you? Yes, for sure. Jackie Elward immigrated to America more than a decade ago, and for the last six years, she's been living in Roner Park as a newly created District 4. As an immigrant and woman of color born and raised in the Democratic Republic of Congo, Jackie is fulfilling the American dream by having the opportunity to serve the city of Roner Park as vice mayor. She is a bilingual educator and instructional assistant. Jackie has pursued two BA degrees, one in sociology and one in criminal justice. She is happily married and the mother of three. I also want to mention that she's a member of three city uh, city, uh, committees, the Waste and Recycling, Water and Wastewater Issues, and Education. And also, what I found amazing is that she is, like I said, she's a mother of three. She speaks six languages. And she works at a French school as a tutor and on yard duty. And in 2015, she started a home for street kids in Kanusha, Congo, with her nonprofit. I hope I pronounce this right. Kinshasa. Les enfants baobab. Oh, that sounds so good. It's wonderful. What language is that, Jackie? French. French. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Well, anything you'd like to add? Well, I, I am a volunteer and I am a friend for anybody that is out there. Well, that's good to know. 
I might take you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> and come come a little closer to my company and get your voice up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Jackie, uh, let's begin by talking about your motivation for moving to the United States. And what were some of the major challenges you had to face? So my motivation for moving in the United States was simply that I got married and my husband and I needed to start our family. So he was born and raised here in the Bay Area. So we decided to move here in order to start our family. How were you working together, the both of you? Or you were, how did you how did you meet this uh, this gentleman? <laughs> we we met at the Bible College. He was my teacher for a semester and I was the student. So we had at the time teacher and student relationship really pure. But after he came back um, to the U.S., that's when we started our long distance relationship for two years. And then after two years, he flew in with his father to marry me back home. Oh, my goodness. Sounds like Ken and I. <laughs> he lived in San Jose, so we had this long, long, long distance. Well, here you are, a young woman, educated, speaking six languages. What were some of your challenges coming over to the United States, especially a woman of color and know, knowing what's going on in this country? Well, when I came here, it was a big culture shock because when I've first moved here I didn't have I wasn't speaking my English wasn't really good so the culture shock was really really um, the first thing that really struck me when I, I, I came here and also the language barrier because I couldn't really communicate well with people surrounding me and also I faced loneliness because I was all the time alone and I was seven months pregnant and I couldn't go in Anywhere I was at home all the time. So when my husband go to work, I will be um, like alone. Isolated. Yes, isolated. And it, for a long time, it was the case until my oldest one was born. Then I had someone to talk to um, eventually. Well, well, where did you get the hoops for this? You know, where did you get the courage and where did you get the how did you stay stable in your own mind? Well, when you love someone, things are completely different, right? And the man that I am with um, really provided me that safe space where even if he's not there, I still was surrounded. And my mother-in-law, I have a great mother-in-law. She's a a, a gem. So she really helped me to go through um, the whole thing and my in-laws as well. They really surrounded me and still surround me with love uh, when it comes to... Um, uh, thriving and being myself and 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 also enjoying and learning about the culture here so that's one of the things well what i love about you is that you're you, that you you take all these steps that you you learn you you go through you know and here you are now you've lived in now you come to broner park you know you've lived there for several years what happened all of a sudden? I mean, here's this woman who's shy, kind of isolated in her home, you know, coming from another country, struggling with the with the language, and then boom, all of a sudden the idea of, of politics comes. How, how did that evolve? Well, <laughs> I grew up in a house of politicians and oh. lawyers, so that's always been, that's the thing that people don't know about me. So, um, and you know, my father really, I've seen 
how he he worked so hard to help people and defend people. And I also had my grandmother who had a nonprofit as well. She has an orphanage and she was helping a lot of kids. She was just going on the street and grabbing kids that didn't have a place to go and giving them, provide them with education, you name it, she was doing that. And my mother too, sometimes she would cook extra food for whoever would walk in the door that didn't have food. So I already had that growing up, but I didn't want to be in that world of politics because I knew how it is difficult. But you know, if something is in you, even if you run away, um, you will, it will still catch you. And also here, when I was here, when I had my children, um, I noticed that there was a, a need of representation here and I couldn't close my eyes when I saw that then. That's a very important point that you just made. If there's a, a song that I love, by my silence, I gave my consent. <laughs> you know, it's like when you see something, and especially when you see it's affecting your children, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden you have to do something. Yes. So I just wanted to point that out because yes. I know I know that is so important. People have to understand that. People ask, why, 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 why are you involved in the radio, for example? Well, I'm a great-grandmother twice. You know, I want to have a voice. I want a voice for women. So I have to do something. And the same thing happened to you, it sounds like. Yes, because Sonoma County doesn't have that many people of color, especially uh, black people. There's a small, small percentage of people of color here. And, um, you know, leadership and our children have um, nothing to look up to when it comes to representation and it was something that was lacking and a lot of times um in my own city of Ronald Park we didn't have at the time the proper representation in our city and um and leadership so when George Floyd died um it was really hard especially for my son being a, a black male growing up in an area where, where where he couldn't see people that look like him talk like him um even in the leadership there's really few black people in leadership here in Sonoma County and it, it became really a challenge for us to try to explain to them to explain to the kids um even in a school where they they they, they were going so the question that we're asking, you know, uh, who are the people that look like us? Why we don't see people that talk like you? It's a, are they here and things like that? And my city at the time of George Floyd's death never uh, condemned um, the death of George Floyd. And that was another thing that was really hard, uh, especially to my son, to kind of like understand why the leaders in our town didn't even condemn it. Agree or disagree, but at least to to recognize that there was something that was done that hurt someone else. Something that wasn't right. That wasn't right. And they never, they never recognized it. And so that's where, you know, it sparked again my need of representation. And I tell my children, 
if you want to see the change, you have to be that change. Nobody will bring the change, but you can only be the only person to be that change and that voice of change. So I walk into my own word of what I tell my kids. So in order to see representation, what I did is after a couple of months of waiting um, our leaders to, to do something or say something, nothing happened. So I decided, okay, I'm going to organize a peaceful m- protest in my town. And, you know, I was surprised. Ronald Park, even as quiet as it is, there was a lot of people that were in lead, uh, in need of leadership, someone that would come out and lead them. And with the help of my good friend Julie Royce and Leslie Graves, they came along and they're like, we are your ally. How can we help? And you guys saw the results. A lot of people came out and a lot of people was in support. And that sent a strong message to our children of color out there. Well, as a woman, as a mother, as a grandmother, as a great-grandmother, I want to say thank you for having the courage and the insight to see that and to understand that. That is so powerful. You know, that's a, that is the whole idea, you know, of, of, of getting involved, that you can make a change. And even though it's a struggle, and I know you have been facing some great challenges. Now, what are some of, I know particularly around being a woman of color. I know you've gotten threats. I know different things happen. How, how, where do you get your, where do you get your, your courage to be able to stand up and to face some of these, these challenges? Where does that come from, you think? Well, my strength really comes to, you know, when when you are in a position where you don't have a choice but to bring change, you have to develop a inner strength, right? And my, my children are the number one. I look at them, and that they are the reason why I have to be strong. They, they help. They help. They, they give you. It's like it's like a mother when a, God forbid a car will drop on a child. All I would sudden, jump first can, to cover. You can, you can pick it up. Yes, know. yes, my children, and those um, because, like I mentioned, we desperately need representation, and like I said again, there isn't enough people of color. So the kids need to see it. We have a lot of BIPOC uh, population here that they only need that one person. So it's like bringing hope. You know, when you know that you are the hope, you bring the hope and inspire other people, that's where my strength is also comes from. Well, that that is beautiful because one of the things one of the things when I read this beautiful bio that you had when you were running for election, one of the things you said, don't just march, run. What 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 is that? What is that? What does that mean to you? Because when I look at people like you that have been fighting for women for so many years, right? You go out there, you you hold signs, you walk, you chant. And you know, when I said that at the moment, it was, we have seen how our predecessor have done 
they have walked, they have pleaded. But what we need now, it's to take position, leadership position. And by taking leadership position, is to run for those positions. It's not easy, but if we do, that's when we can bring that voice there and make that difference. So that's why I said, don't just march. After marching, get the same paper, put underneath your, 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 your arms, go to, uh, to your, 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 your city hall and apply for those positions. And men, we can do it. Women can do it. Well, you know, everything you say is really true. It really is. But, you know, when you have the outside coming in on you, sometimes it's very difficult. And we had just right. I mean, for me, for me, it felt so sad when I read in the paper that these these young women of color that were leaving our community because of the racism that happened. And and all of a sudden, I said to myself, my God, I wish I known. In fact, in fact, right now, we there was a wonderful meeting we had. I'm part of a group called Black United. And one of the things that we were trying to figure out is how when people come into the area, because there is a limited amount of African-American people here, how do, how do we welcome to make sure people know that they're comfortable, to know that there's support, that there are allies. I mean, we're not all racist. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that we're perfect, but, you know, people want to reach out and do so. So what what, what are some of your feelings about that? I mean, how do you feel that this county can work better and do better so this stuff like this does not happen? So for me, I strongly believe that uh, people of color, especially black people, are living here because they don't feel safe. And when you don't feel safe and you have your children here, how can you protect them? You have to have a system that is protecting you. And when the system fails you, then you you don't have trust. You have to go elsewhere where they can provide that. And that is the problem that we have had. And for example... Um, the few leaders of colors that we have have here have been targeted by racism. So if you look at that, and at a time when it's happened, they don't have help. Nobody helped them until the surface. Then it, it, they get help. And that is really the dangerous thing that has been happening here. I have a, um, you know... Um, this amazing uh, uh, woman, that black woman, strong woman that I admired, you know, uh, a, a person like Demetra Smith. To me, Demetra was uh, and still uh, is a strong voice for the black community when it comes to human rights. But Demetra decided to leave, you know, the commission because her voice wasn't heard until she decided to leave. We have another incident that just happened recently with uh, uh, um, the the Office of Equity. Talking about the Office of Equity, of all places, equity. But the leader who is, who was at the time, a black woman suffered from racism while she's trying to fight for equity. So it doesn't make sense. And all of that happened no, she felt hopeless to the point where she had to say, I quit. So that's just those two examples. It, like, it sounds like there needs to be more dialogue or more understanding and more acceptance. 
Yes, acceptance is part of it, but also the system has to change, period. If the system doesn't change, we are still going to continue to have this. So Noma County needs to understand that not only the system has to change, but also has to elect more people of color. So that that voice that is missing due, uh, uh, in the process of creating uh, uh, laws, le- legislation, and whatever you can think in our criminal system and in government system has to implement that. The leaders, the black leaders, as a black woman, I'm talking on behalf, not on behalf, but as a black leader who has encountered this kind of stuff that if the constituent sees that the leaders are suffering, that automatically gives them a a signal that you are not going to be taken care of. It actually, you know, there's there's a, a saying that I had that when what really I became very aware of during the Andy Lopez situation, and that was if it happens to one mother's child, it can happen to any mother's child. Yes. And it doesn't matter what color your skin is. No. If you don't have something in place that protects us all, mm-hmm. if one person, one race, one idea is in danger, we're all in danger. Yes. You know, we don't recognize that. I mean, when you when you look at some of the, the things, I mean... I, I myself personally, like, you know, a lot of these shootings of young people, I know two, two of my friends. One was Marnie Roth and her husband and her, uh, her son. And another one was my girlfriend, Aval, her son, two sons that were killed by police. And these were young men were white. They were not people of color. So you, it, it, it supported my theory. If it happens to one person, it can happen to anybody. That's why everybody has to be safe. And that is something we all need to see. Mm-hmm. You know, we all need to understand that. Would you agree? I would agree. I would agree. And for me, I will add also that when something happened and we come and condemn the situation, then we have to have a solution. We cannot continue condemning without having a solution. We lost Demetra. We lost Shiva. We lost a lot of black leaders, not only black leaders, but people of color that in a BIPOC community that could have brought something good for the community. Not only the community, but because now we, when we talk about equity, we need to see the white, the blacks, the Asian, the Latino, everybody as equal. And so when we do that, we cannot continue electing just white people and talk about equity. That doesn't work like that. We have to have a mix of everybody there and everybody has to be protected as the same. Black leaders need to feel protected. Latino has has to feel protected as the same as white that need to be protected. But we know, the two of us, that the system was built to protect white. And that is something that we need in Sonoma County. Yes, there's, there's a lot of leaders now that are trying to help. But at the same time, we have to keep in mind that the more the leaders of colors are leaving, the more we're going to be losing that population because they don't feel safe. It is time for Sonoma County to think strongly about how the leadership is presented, not only in the county level, but in every single city in the county. 
Well, you know, Jackie, you bring out some good points because we all, you know, I often wonder, you know, who was the first mother? I mean, we're all we're all really family. We're all and we could just see it and start working together, but it's not going to happen until you see people in front of you that are, are are different and that you see that they're decent, that they're doing a good job, that they're trying to create a better world for children. You know, I mean, it's just to me it's that simple. Maybe I'm a little too simple, but I don't know. I mean, no, the the, the thing is is that the 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 the, the bipoc that they're trying to elect if you have a stronger voice you put aside because your voice is not doesn't align with the system doesn't align with the way but that's not how changes happen changes happen when the voice the other person's voice doesn't align that's when the changes come so if we continue to just treat people of uh, that bring a different perspective into the platform to treat them as a uh, uh, um, secondary citizens yes then we have a problem and that problem will continue to change so there you have it. Well, you know, you know, when you mentioned Dimitri, Dimitra, I always pronounce that. Sorry about that. But when you mention her, I mean, when I think about that, I had no idea that she had those many problems. And I wish I would have. You know, this is a woman's show. And I want to say this. If there are women out there that they feel next next Monday we're going to be interviewing a woman by the name of Copper Woman who's being evicted, who they're trying to get rid of off of her little home. You know, and this is a woman who is suffering an elder. You know, so you have the elder. You have women of color, you have elders, you have all different populations that are really suffering because of, like you say, a system. Well, we've come to the end of our segment, and I'm going to encourage uh, Ken to get Nancy Rogers on the phone because we wanted to invite you. We wanted to invite you to come to the uh, to the Black Showcase. But also, we've come to the end of our segment. Are there any last words, anything you'd like to, any message? I mean, you've given us, I mean... I, I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate what you have to say and what you stand for, Jackie. Thank you. And to and to know that women, we need to support one another. Yes. We need to support. And we need, you know, when I look at you, I see you. Yes, you are a woman of color, but I also see an intelligent woman, a mother, a wife, and a community member who is very, very concerned about the community. So I really want to thank you for that. So any last words, your website, anything anything that you want yes, like to Yes, I would thank all the leaders in our community that have been standing up and speak up and acting on for the BIPOC population. That is something that we need to recognize and I thank them from the bottom of my heart. And um, I am on Twitter, um, Jackie Elward, um, and also I am on Facebook, Jackie Elward for uh, City Council. And also, I mean, I am on Instagram as well if people wanted to follow me. So, um, And I'm open uh I take calls and I think any, everybody that have trusted me and believed in me and continue to support me. Um, thank you so much. And thank you to you for having me in this, uh, uh, platform. Thank oh, you so oh much. Oh my God. It's my, it's my pleasure. Well, we have Nancy Rogers on the, uh, are you on the line, Nancy? Yes, I am, Elaine. Well, I'm really excited to hear your voice. And we have Jackie Alrod here. She's been talking all about her, her, her service as the vice mayor for Rona Park. And I thought maybe you'd like to say hello to her. And if there's anything you'd like to invite her to or anything you'd like to say. Yeah, hi, Jackie. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. And, yes, uh, we would like to invite you to Black United uh, to let us know, you know, how you, you've been going, you know, and um, 
uh, to the North Bay Black Chambers. And another thing, on December the 5th, um, we have a Black Business Showcase. So if you would like to come on that and say a few words, I can send you the information for the registration. It will be my honor to be a part of this. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll send you the information. Thank well, now, you so much. Nancy, we have you on the line, and if you could stay, we're going we're gonna to take a quick little musical break, and then I want to have you come on, and we're going to talk a little bit about the event. We're okay. going to play Blowing in the Wind. A real, let's just play a little bit of it, Ken. And the reason I say that, because there's this one line, how many... How many miles must a man go before he's allowed to be free? I mean, because as long as we have racism, none of us are free. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. we have to recognize that. So let's go ahead and let's play that, and then we'll come back and we'll have a little conversation with you, Nancy. And it's okay if you stay here, Jackie, for yes. a few minutes? Go ahead, Ken. The answer is blowing in the wind. I wish I could catch it. Anyway, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces. I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And with me in the studio, I have Vice Mayor from Roner Park, California, Jackie Elrod. And on the phone, I have one of my favorite people, Nancy Rogers. Welcome, Nancy. Well, thank you, Elaine. Well, Nancy, let me just tell folks a little bit about you. She's the uh, chair of the Northern uh, California Black Chamber of Commerce. She's a board member of the Black Forum, along with being uh, president of Entrepreneurs of Tomorrow, which is a nonprofit organization that provides scholarships for young people of color. Nancy is the founder and the chair of Blacks United, which provides a place for all African-American organizations to meet and share information. She is the proud co-owner of Red Rose Catering with her husband, Carol Rogers. She is a mother, a grandmother, and a great neighbor, and I love her to pieces. Welcome, Nancy, and we're going to go ahead and talk about the uh, up and coming. Tell us a little bit uh, of the uh, Black uh, Chambers for, uh, Business uh, Forum. Talk a little bit about the Northern California Black Chamber, its missions, and why you believe it's an important organization. Okay. The North Bay Black Chambers is a nonprofit organization, and uh, we are comprised of local business owners, potential business owners professionals and business partners and uh, who are dedicated to promoting and supporting enhancing all businesses in particular black owned businesses and our mission is to provide support um, 
to businesses, black businesses mostly, and to enhance economic growth and business development. Well, you know, Jackie and I have been talking an awful lot about people standing up, people people uh, participating, people becoming more political, more involved in the community. How do you see this particular business forum? How do you feel that enhances the community and brings people together? What What is your goal there? Well, you know, I think that um, the black businesses should have like a one-stop shop organization where they can go and, and seek information for getting grants, for getting loans, for anything going on in the community. They should have a place um, where they can go and get that information. And I think this, the Black Chamber is, is, is one of those organizations. You know, what um, we seek out as much information locally, statewide, um, uh, uh, even nationally. You know, I worked with the, I mean, I meet with the presidents of all of the chambers in the Bay Area once a month. And all of the information that they have, we bring it back and share it with our members. And so this right here would enhance our organization and plus enhance our members because now they have more information on what's going on and how they can advertise their business. Well, talk a little bit about the showcase that's happening on December 5th. You know, what, what, what's, what's it going to be happening and what is your purpose there? Well, we, uh, since the pandemic, we need to find out how many of our black businesses are still operating. And, uh, and if they're still operating, they need people to come in and, and visit their, their place. So what we are doing is we highlighting your businesses. They're going to be, some of them coming in live, some of them, going to have a two-minute video, and they're going to talk about their business and to let people know we are still here and we need people to come in and support us. Well, you know, one of the things I was thinking as I was scripting the show and and knowing that I was going to have this conversation with Jackie, some of the some of the problems I think we're having is that there's not enough familiarity with each other, and I see the fact that we're having this you're having this Black Business Forum that's just going to be dedicated and and is going to uh, showcase Black business owners. It's an opportunity for all of us to get together and get to know one another. Would you agree with that? I agree a hundred percent. So, so tell us where, where it's going to be and how it's going to be and all that other good news. We're coming, you know, the segment comes, like I told you, Nancy, we'd we have you just to, so we can make the announcement at the end. It goes by so fast. So let okay, us know. Okay, it's, um, it's going to be on Zoom. It's going to be December the 5th at 2.30. And you can um, email uh, a secretary at nbbcc.org to get the registration information. Or you could just go to our website, which is uh, nbbc.org, and it should be there. And you could just register to come in. And if any, if you know of any businesses out there, uh, black businesses that want to showcase their business, it's free. And so they just give, you know, email us and and we'll put them on. So that that's the uh, <clears throat> the the website is n b like North Bay. North Black Black so yeah. mm-hmm. and then how can they email you if they want to get a hold of you? Well, me, uh, well, you could um, send an email to secretary at bbcc.org. Secretary at nbbc.org? Yeah, nbbcc.org. Oh, there's two C's? Yes, oh, like okay. North Bay, 
like shameless commerce. Oh, okay, okay. So that that's really that's a lot of a lot of good information. Anyway, Nancy, last words, anything that you'd like to share with our audience? I know that we're coming to the end of the segment right now. I just want to, with with everything that's going on in the world right now, I just wish everyone have a safe um, and and just a, a jolly um, Thanksgiving with your families, and sometimes just kind of forget about what's going on as long as you're with your family and join it that's what it's all about well thank you nancy rogers well thank you elaine for having me oh no i'm so excited i can't wait to see it i mean i can't can't wait to see the showcase and to (laughs) and then also to announce it i'll also announce all the businesses that are on there well thank you again nancy rogers okay thank you and also as nancy said i want to wish everybody a happy thanksgiving also known as native american indigenous day so don't forget that also anyway this is elaine beholtz you've been listening to women's spaces thank you so much for listening and i look forward to being with you the next time The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, November 22, 2021.